Welcome to the Primary Ride Home for Friday, May 17th, 2019. I'm your host, Chris Higgins. Today, Warren calls on Congress to act on abortion rights, a grab bag of media appearances by the candidates, Rachel Maddow's rise as a must-visit primary show, and do Americans really care if a candidate is over 70 years old? Here's what you missed today from the campaign trail. This morning, Senator Elizabeth Warren released yet another policy plan, but this one is a little different. It comes after Alabama passed an extreme abortion ban earlier this week, and Missouri is about to do the same. First, here's a clip Warren posted on Twitter earlier this week speaking about the issue. Note that she is speaking in a kitchen, which accounts for the kind of echoey audio. The Alabama bill comes on the heels of restrictive abortion bills in Georgia and in Ohio. All three bills would ban abortions for most women before they even know that they are pregnant. No exception for rape, no exception for incest. Um, And in the Alabama bill, doctors could get 99 years in prison for performing abortions. That could be longer than a rapist gets when he impregnates a woman and she would be forced under that bill to carry that baby to term. Republican men are on the march to overturn Roe versus Wade. And with Donald Trump stacking the courts in favor of um, judges who are opposed to abortion, that could be a real possibility. Women across this country are scared. Women are angry. If you support women, now is the time to make that known. On Medium this morning, Warren posted an article titled Congressional Action to Protect Choice. In it, she lays out the Republican strategy to enact a series of state laws banning abortion with the explicit intent that they will end up in the Supreme Court, where the court might overturn the Roe v. Wade decision. Reading from her proposal, quote, I'll be blunt, it just might work. President Trump has packed the courts with extreme anti-choice judges. Senate Republicans stole a Supreme Court seat and rammed through the confirmation of Justice Kavanaugh last year in order to cement an anti-choice majority on the Supreme Court. Even if the Supreme Court doesn't overrule Roe immediately, it could use these laws as an excuse to continue chipping away at this precedent. That's been happening for decades, and it's already had a huge effect on access. As of 2014, 90% of counties in the U.S. did not have an abortion clinic. End quote. Okay, so Warren has been clear about the issue. Well, what is her intended solution? She is the first Democrat in the primary field to lay out a clear plan, although many other candidates have also spoken out against the Alabama law. Warren lists four specific points, each with a lengthy description. I'm going to read the first sentence of each. Quote, 1. Create federal statutory rights that parallel the constitutional right in Roe v. Wade. 2. Pass federal laws to preempt state efforts that functionally limit access to reproductive health care. 3. Guarantee reproductive health coverage as part of all health coverage. And 4. Ensure equal access and reproductive justice. End quote. In an article for New York Magazine, Sarah Jones examines the proposal and the positions of many other primary candidates. 
I want to read you a good portion of what Jones writes so you can understand more specifics of what Warren is proposing. Quote, Warren's proposal is notable for its exclusive focus on the expansion of abortion rights. In it, the senator urges Congress to create federal statutory rights to abortion that block states from interfering with either a doctor's provision of abortion care or a patient's ability to access that care. Warren further urged passage of the Women's Health Protection Act, which has already been introduced in Congress. The act would overturn state-level obstacles to abortion, like Alabama's law forcing women to undergo medically unnecessary ultrasounds before they can receive abortions. She called for the repeal of the Global Gag Rule, which blocks non-governmental organizations that receive U.S. funding from providing or even referring women to abortion care and the repeal of the Hyde Amendment, which prohibits publicly funded healthcare coverage like Medicaid from covering abortion. She closed by endorsing the Each Woman Act, which would prohibit private insurance companies from refusing to cover abortion services. The overarching goal is to protect the right to abortion from erosion at both the legislative and judicial levels, end quote. And let me read you one more notable line from Warren's proposal. Quote, the extremists behind proposals like the Alabama law don't reflect public opinion in America. Polling data shows that 71% of Americans oppose overturning Roe, including 52% of Republicans. End quote. Okay, here's a new segment where I'm going to do a little grab bag of stories, some of which will be a little bit lighter than our normal material. First up, Senator Michael Bennett went on Late Night with Seth Meyers last night. The one part of that discussion where he kind of broke out of campaign mode was when he talked about something I had never heard of. Apparently, in the Senate cafeteria, the senators all share the same dessert. Listen to this. Seven senators uh, running, and uh, I, I've asked this question to, to Bernie Sanders, to Kamala Harris. Uh, is it awkward at work? when you uh, are talking to someone else who thinks they should be president more than you? Uh, yeah, it can be awkward. Yeah. But a lot, a lot hasn't changed. Uh, we have the same red jello every day for lunch. Really? Yeah. Wow, you know, you think it's same. not sexy, and Bernie. then you hear that, and you're like, wow, what a, what a cool, cool job. I know. Actually, you wonder why with so many varieties of jello, we have to have the same one every yeah. lunch. Is that but something? for 10 years, it's the same stuff. Is it that uh, is it the Republicans that choose that it's red jello? Is that Actually, I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know the answer. Yeah, to that. we'll get to the yeah. bottom of it. You, uh, <laughs> you. Uh, it was so crazy the first time I ever walked into that place. You have to give a speech when you you know go yeah. back there for the first time, and you walk in that room and they're all there. At that time, Hillary Clinton was still there. Yeah, John Kerry was still there, and. Um, but then they're sitting there just eating jello like anybody else Ooh. who's in kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> the problem with jello as a food, and I don't want to make this all about jello, no, but um, there's, not, uh, there's not like a refined way to eat it. You know what I mean? You could only eat it like, it's not like at Downton Abbey, they bring out a knife and fork for the jello. No, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. That's probably enough on yeah. the jello. Yeah, it's probably enough. <laughs> well, it is, uh, I, it is one of your platforms. No. <laughs> yep. 
Okay, second, Andrew Yang went on MSNBC. He spoke with Francis Rivera about his campaign and a variety of issues, but I want to highlight just one that has apparently gained popularity since, you know, I mentioned it on Monday. Believe me, I got more attention on Twitter for mentioning this issue once than for a 10-minute segment about Medicare for All. Okay, listen in. So banning the penny, of all things, why that? Well, it, it's not a, a you know it's not an important issue, but the fact is we're spending more than uh, one cent producing each penny, which makes no sense if you think about it. Uh, it's also bad for the environment because uh, we put copper into pennies that we have to extract. So we should get rid of the penny, hmm. and it would just make everyone's life easier. Third, New York Mayor Bill De Blasio unveiled his new nickname for Trump in a brief Twitter video. That nickname is Condon. This did not go over well with people on Twitter or really anywhere. So, I guess you have to listen to this now. Hey, Condon, I saw your video, and man, you looked really low energy. And, and you again, your facts wrong, because crime actually has gone down in New York City five years in a row. And our economy is booming. We have the most jobs we've ever had in our history. So, you obviously aren't getting your facts straight. And, you know, I really think you better rest up, because you're going to need it for the election ahead. We're coming for you. And fourth, yesterday, Beto O'Rourke live-streamed his haircut on Facebook. Now, this was actually way more substantive than it sounds from that description. It turns out that O'Rourke's barber, Manuel Corac of Chema's Barbershop, is originally from Juarez, which is a half-hour drive from El Paso. O'Rourke speaks fluent Spanish, and he spends a bunch of time talking with Karak throughout the haircut in Spanish about his immigration story, his family, and being a small business owner in El Paso. At one point, O'Rourke asks for the special and notes that the barber is trimming the hair growing out of his ears. He is 46 years old, by the way. Okay, so here's the thing about the haircut. Here we see a candidate interacting with regular people, being a regular person himself, and showing a surprising skill at turning a haircut into a discussion of issues, including immigration and small business ownership and random questions from the internet. It genuinely seemed authentic, and O'Rourke was there with just one person holding up a smartphone. That's it. No big staff, no security, just normal person stuff. And this man is running for president. Anyway, this moment coming up was actually what I found most interesting. About nine minutes into the haircut, another customer walks in while O'Rourke is sitting in the chair and answering a question from a Facebook viewer about higher education. If you listen closely, you can hear the clippers running throughout. All right, listen in. It's too expensive right now, and so we've got to bring down the cost of higher education and a college education. Hey, how you doing? Hey there. Um, hey, I need a haircut. You came to the right place. Okay. Yeah. Great. My name is Robert. Robert, I'm Robert too. They they call me Beto. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Beto. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're the uh, what is it the uh, the uh, the guy on TV? Is it the governor, governor, mayor? No, no. I I had run for senate. You may have seen me last year. Now I'm running for president. Wow, so, you're great, yeah. man. I've seen you all over the TV. Yeah, yeah. You're a better looking person. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. So Robert, we're live streaming right now, just just so that you know, uh, on this camera. I was answering a question about higher education for people on Facebook who who. Uh, kind of doing an impromptu town hall at, at, at Chemas. Um, so, Kano, uh, just real quick to finish the answer, um, you know, make sure that everyone can go to community college at, at no cost. 
um, strengthen the power of unions, so, so more connections between high schools and, and unions, high school students and apprenticeships. Okay, you get the idea, right? Despite all the flack O'Rourke takes for his love of live streaming, this is why he is doing it. He is connecting on issues and on personality at the same time. As I record this segment, that haircut video has more than 46,000 views on Facebook. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. I reported earlier this week on Beto O'Rourke's appearance on The Rachel Maddow Show, which airs on MSNBC every weekday. In an article for The Hill, Niall Stanage reports that Maddow is increasingly vital as a media stop for candidates in the Democratic primary field. Since January, here's the list of candidates who have appeared on Maddow's show. Booker, Bullock, Buttigieg, Gillibrand, Harris, O'Rourke, Swalwell, and Warren. That's eight out of the 24 major candidates. And more of them have been on the show before, just not in this primary season. Reading from The Hill, quote, One aspect of Maddow's appeal for candidates is obvious. She draws a big crowd, something that is increasingly rare and valuable in the fragmented media environment. The Rachel Maddow Show averaged 2.6 million viewers in April, according to the latest ratings from Nielsen, putting her roughly 500,000 viewers ahead of the second-place show on the network, anchored by Lawrence O'Donnell. End quote. When you compare that number to CNN during the same time slot, Maddow is pulling more than double the CNN viewership. However, they're both behind Fox News, which has Sean Hannity averaging over 3 million viewers at the same time. Still, there's really nowhere else a Democrat can go on TV for that kind of fully engaged audience. Reading once more from The Hill, quote, She is one of the few shows that lets candidates really present substantively. She also gets under the real motivations of candidates, said Democratic pollster Celinda Lake. Lake also noted that Maddow is one of the few women leaders in media and that Democratic primaries are 59% women. There is, of course, one other obvious advantage. In such a huge Democratic field, the attention that can be conferred by someone of Maddow's status can be oxygen, especially for lesser-known candidates. Given the size of the field, it is really hard for candidates to get their ideas out there, said Daniela Gibbs-Legere, Executive Vice President for Communications and Strategy at the Center for American Progress, a liberal think tank. End quote. 
So check out the article. There's a link in the show notes, as always, for some beautifully unhinged commentary from President Trump's current communications director, who manages to use the word socialist in literally half of all the sentences that he writes about Maddow. And last up today, Perry Bacon Jr. at 538 takes a nuanced look at a recent poll. The title of the article tells much of the story. Quote, a lot of Americans say they don't want a president who is over 70. Really? End quote. So Bacon looks at a Gallup poll released in April that asked American voters of all political persuasions about factors that would disqualify a presidential candidate for them. For instance, would you vote for a socialist? 51% overall said no. How about an atheist? 39% said no. How about a gay man or a lesbian woman? 24% said no. And here's the kicker. How about someone older than 70? 37% said no. Now, let's break down that last number. It's obviously a super important question when both Democratic frontrunners are well over 70 and another top candidate, Warren, will turn 70 next month. Plus, the incumbent president is also over 70. Okay, so among Democrats, on the age question, 35% said no, they would not vote for someone past that age. Among independents and Republicans, it was 37%. Very similar number. Okay, so let's do some very minor math here. That means that 65% of Democrats would vote for someone 70 or older, and so would 63% of independents and Republicans. Those are super similar numbers, unlike some of the other questions I mentioned above. So that's what people say when they are polled. But what do they actually do when they vote? Well, as Bacon points out, President Trump was already 70 years old on Election Day in 2016, and he will be 74 in 2020. As Bacon writes, quote, I'll bet that more than 63% of Republicans will vote for him. His job approval rating among GOP voters is currently in the 90s. In short, it's important to remember that the survey question asks about categories of people, not individuals. The negative feelings that some Americans might have toward the idea of a gay or socialist presidential candidate, for example, might not apply to Pete Buttigieg or Bernie Sanders specifically. End quote. Bacon gets into a truly smart discussion of how polling works and how many people hesitate to tell pollsters what they really believe because it might seem socially unacceptable. And beyond that, look, if you only have one choice in the general election and that choice happens to be outside your comfort zone, maybe you're going to vote for them anyway, you know? So check out the article. It is the last link in the show notes for that analysis, plus the big graph breaking down the other interesting potential disqualifiers, including whether a candidate is a woman or Muslim or younger than 40 or Jewish, for instance. It is fascinating and somewhat scary stuff. Well, that is it for one more episode of The Primary Ride Home. I have been your host, Chris Higgins. You can always find me on Twitter, at Chris Higgins. What a week. Two new candidates, a pile of new proposals, and people are really getting on board with this abolish the penny thing. All right, okay, I'm going to stop talking about the pennies. It's fine. Have a healthy weekend. Watch out for that weather. Thanks for listening, and I will talk to you all on Monday.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.